when you have a situation, perhaps it's even been you, where you've wondered, everything that you read in the Bible is so amazing, so, let's just be honest, fantastic. Have you ever had a moment of, okay, is it all true? And maybe you've had the conversations with somebody, and their position is, okay, is it really, is it true? That's why we have with us uh, Rick Beckwith, who's put together a book, What If It's All True? What a fantastic title to the book, and what a great approach. Thanks, Rick, for being with us this morning. Uh, what's uh, what's the uh, the reason? What was it that, that spurred you to, to get into this and write this book? Yeah, thanks, Seth and Deb. It's great to be with you guys. Um, you know, I've worked with Young Life for the past 40 years, and, and our heartbeat is to reach out to those pretty far away from other arms of the church. And uh, as I look around at friends, even family members, neighbors, I see so many people today who are kind of just nonchalant about Jesus. They may say, oh, he was a good teacher or a prophet, or they might even say he was the Son of God, but whatever their conclusion is about him has very little impact on how they live their daily lives. And when I thumb through the Gospels, uh, it seems that nearly everyone Jesus met had one of two reactions to him. They were strong reactions. Either they dropped everything, grabbed their families, and hiked, you know, miles out into the wilderness to listen to him speak because he had the words of eternal life, or they were felt so threatened, their comfortable mm-hmm. lifestyle so threatened by him that they wanted to kill him. But no one was kind of just indifferent to Jesus. And today, I guess with 2,000 years behind us, it's easy for people to say one thing about Jesus, but have it not affect their lives. And I just feel like they're missing out so much. Yes, definitely. So how do we miss the mark? If you were to look at the situation, let's let's say with those in the church who come to church every Sunday, but the ministry and work of Jesus hasn't really changed how they do life. How have they missed yeah. the mark? What are they missing? Well, I, you know, I, I don't think there's one prescription for, for everybody, Deb, but, you know, one thing I think about often is that beautiful parable Jesus told at the end of the Sermon on the Mount about the, the wise and the foolish builder. They both heard the Word of God, but only one put it into practice and sought application for their, their personal life. And the results were <laughs> vividly different. One house crumbled and the other thrived. And so mm-hmm. I feel like sometimes we get so comfortable if we're church people with the Word of God and you know the good news that we hear in the gospel um, that we we just we we don't let it sink in to think how can mm-hmm. I live this out today? How will it affect my my words, my thoughts, and my actions? so that I can participate in what God wants to be doing in my life and in my community of friends. And one of the things, <clears throat> excuse me, that I've uh, I've heard in conversation is, okay, Jesus made all these great, con- you know, these promises to his disciples and to the people that uh, listened to him at that time, but are, the, are those promises that are in the Bible, are they still current and applicable to me today? And that's a, yeah. that's a tough question to address. It definitely is. Um, I, I think those of us who uh, share the same doctrines about the scriptures would say, yes, it, it's, you know, God's word, Hebrews tells us God's word is living and active. It, it is alive. It's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. So we need to stand on that. Um, I suspect many people today, though, have never heard these promises. 
And if they have heard him, they may not have been listening as if Jesus were speaking to them. And so they, they, there is a sense of disconnect there too often, which is really sad. And, and, and our cultural influencers today have worked really hard to kind of paint a distorted picture of who God is and what he wants for us. They see God as a judgmental, you know, person eager to point out our sins rather than somebody who's loving and inviting. So maybe the picture of Jesus doesn't compel us to want to follow him and believe his promises as much with the messages being portrayed by him. I think that is an excellent Mm. point, Rick. I think, first of all, I don't think our culture really understands who Jesus is, the Jesus of the Bible. Mm -hmm. Uh, So many have not read the Bible and have not even taken seriously uh, the name of Jesus to to look into that he was a real person and he did real things and it was for us that he did them and that that has kind of gone from our culture so yeah. so how do we bring the truth of scripture the truth of who Jesus is to someone who has no background in even knowing what Jesus came to do not knowing the Bible not knowing the gospel not knowing anything about God. Yeah, well, Deb, you hit the ball, and that's why I wrote this book, is for people like that to not have a complicated theological explanation of faith, but using the language of the street, simple terms, and a rational approach, could we just talk about who Jesus is and what our conclusion about him means to the rest of our lives and everything we do and love? I think if one of the early chapters in my book is a quick little apologetic on God's Word and the validity of the Scriptures. And if people uh, were to understand that, you know, this this book that was written over 1,500 years by over 40 authors on three different countries but continents, but says the exact same thing about God's plan for His people— if they understood that it really was the Word of God, I think they would listen. They would lean into some of these promises with an attuned ear, like in, in John 17, you know, Jesus' beautiful final discourse to his disciples before his crucifixion. He says, Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you've loved me. Wouldn't we all want to know that God loves us to the same degree he loved his son Jesus? I mean, so many of these promises are good news. Uh, you know, I'm the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Wouldn't mm-hmm. you want that mm-hmm. to be true? And if it is, let's lean in and connect to that heartbeat so we can experience it. You know, one of the okay. things that I relate to is back in, you know, when I was doing sales, I had a, a sales manager said, listen, when you really truly believe in what it is that you're providing to people— you cannot be quiet about it. You you feel compelled to tell them, you know, this this thing is the greatest thing ever. <clears throat> and I relate that, that when we come to a relationship or a realization that the Bible is true and what Jesus said to us is true, there is this compulsion that we just can't keep it to ourselves. We have to share it. Is that is that part of the the whole reasoning of, of of reading or writing the book? Is that this is true? This is something you can absolutely count on, and it's vital that we share. Yeah, yeah, Seth, that's beautifully said. I can't quote where the statistics from, but every if you Google it, this is what comes up everywhere: is that ninety five percent 
of believers today will never lead a single person to Christ in their lifetime, 95%. Wow. So evangelism and witnessing is really intimidating. And we know all the research shows that what used to be effective 30 years ago isn't effective today. People don't want right. to hear from someone screaming at them on the street corner <laughs> or, or even right. handing out a track probably is a little more negative. But people are drawn to the stories of their friends. That's not preaching. That's just sharing about my own life. But I wrote this book, hopefully, hoping that people would feel like this could be an easy evangelistic win. Here's a non-threatening, patient, kind, rational description of what may be true for them to explore. And I would hope it would give people an evangelistic win that would inspire them to want to do more of that. I envision churches buying this bulk, this book, and by the case, giving it to the parishioners and saying, here, read one, or take one for yourself, but who will you give this to? Mm-hmm. Because I think it'll draw everybody to Christ when they see their people. I've seen it already. The book, you know, the, the pre-orders just came out. And so several of my neighbors who don't know the Lord, they don't go to church, they have the book. Their wow. response has already been so good. It wasn't like, oh, I can't believe you put this in my face. No, it was, thank you for this. I've never heard it explained like this before. Hmm. I love this. Rick Beckwith is who we're talking with. What if it's all true? Now, you've done ministry for 40 years with Young Life. So what what do you think is the biggest question that kids have today or young people have today in regards to Jesus and his message? So what? Why Mm. does it matter to me? It just seems so distant and unapplicable to them because they don't, you know, we're in a post-Christian society now. They don't see the impact of the gospel around them. It's there, but they don't look at a hospital and notice that it's called St. Jude's. They just see it's a hospital. They don't realize that it was church people who inspired that. They don't see the influence on culture, uh, the way we view women differently, the way we, you know, Jesus was the inspiration for orphanages because we, we wanted to treat kids with a lot more value, and they don't see the impact all around them. They see a lot of hypocrisy. Mm-hmm. They hear in their social media that it's all, you know, the church is just judgmental and critical, and they're not accepting of people who think differently from them. So there's a lot of obstacles they got to get through. So I hear so what a lot. Like, yeah, I, I hear what you're saying about Jesus. So what? What's it mean to me? I don't see it happening around me very much. Wow. How, how do we overcome yeah. that? Wow. I mean, what you've just said hits hard. It does. And, and it's, it's very difficult to hear that because it gives you, it can lead you to a sense of hopelessness. However, our God's bigger, <laughs> and yeah. it is all true. Mm-hmm. And, and I guess the thing to do is, is to just continually be in prayer and also do everything we can to be an example of God's love, of the love of Jesus, and not be that hypocritical, judgmental, angry individual that they think we are. Yeah, Seth, the, the example word just beckons me because I feel like there's so much hypocrisy today. You know, we've we've kind of lowered the bar in our doctrine. You know, the, a lot most of the big independent Bible churches have wonderful worship and fantastic teaching, but we're not saying the Apostles' Creed anymore. We're not even praying the Lord's Prayer. So some of the doctrine passed along through the liturgy, through singing of hymns that were all written, you know, they're all scripture written out for us. 
we've we've lost some of that. And so I think it's easy for us to say, oh, I go to church, I believe in Jesus, but we don't think about the lifestyle implications of that belief very much today. Mm-hmm. And so I think the hypocrisy out there sends a confusing message to our young people and really to everyone. My, my first boss and mentor in Young Life, Chuck Ryan, I never found where he got this study, but he said it's been proven that we communicate 750 ways other than verbally. And I think the verbal message might still be okay by church people, but the nonverbal is really confusing these days. Wow. Yeah. So, Rick, it seems to me, just listening to what you're talking about, that there's a need for repentance in our lives as believers and a need for us to look seriously at our lives um, and, and just how we're living our lives amongst those around us in our life and in our world and in influence. So before I let you go, would you, would you pray for us as we, we consider living the life of Jesus? First of all, knowing him better, getting into his word, knowing him, and then having that change how we live. Would you pray for us? I'd be honored to. Thanks, Tim. Lord, I'm thankful for the picture in Revelation where you say, Here I am. I stand at the door to your life and knock. Anyone who hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in, eat with him and him with me. I'm thankful that you're such a personal God who knows us well and yearns for us to know you in return. We're thankful for all that you've promised your followers. We're thankful that a banquet awaits us, that we're your adopted children, and that your spirit comes to live in us so that we're never alone. I pray, Lord Jesus, for your church to make that message, that picture of Jesus known, that we'd be people who walk with integrity, mm-hmm. who commit as best as we're able to obey your word because we believe it's all true, and help us not to live just within the shelter of our own fellowship communities, but help us to be willing to reach out to those who are disinterested, maybe even turned off and, and seem unapproachable, by the church, I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would show us your heart for them and allow us to be your hands and feet. Thank you for this program. Thank you for the ministry of Moody, Lord. And we just pray that we would be changed a little bit more into your image today as we walk with you. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. The book is called What If It's All True by Rick Beckwith. Thank you very much, Rick, for being with us. How can we get a hold of your book? Wherever you get books. Barnes Noble, Amazon, uh, Lifeway is the publisher. They have a website, so it's uh, it's there. And uh, February twentieth is launch day, so here we go. All right. <laughs> Again, thank you, brother. I appreciate the time and everything that you've done to put this book together. We really appreciate it. Thank you for the time. Nice to get the claim with you guys. Have a good day.